Quintessential with your host, John Coos and Scott Martinez. Welcome back to Quintessential. Um, your host here, Scott and John Coos. John, hey, you there? Hi, hey. how are you? I'm pretty good. How are you today? Pretty good. Episode three. Yeah, exciting stuff. Hopefully, exciting. everyone out there is enjoying this stuff. <laughs> yeah, we've gotten some good feedback. That's good. Yeah, I mean, we were trying our best to uh, to make sure it's enjoyable. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you're welcome to keep track of us on the uh, the quintessential uh, Facebook page that was created. Uh, we've gotten people sending us funny photos, and we've posted a couple too. Um, and often they reference stuff that we talked about, like your uh, your Scooby Doo mystery uh, um, recordings for what was that a storybook? Yeah, there are records with the storybook. Just like kids yeah. have now, but there's CD or it's on the computer. Back then, <clears throat> it was records. Absolutely. Well, this week, we're going to talk about some jobs that we had in the 80s. Um, I, I, I think we should go back uh, before we get to the, to the, you know, the actual paycheck jobs. Did you have any uh, money-making ventures uh, before you got, let's say, a real job when you were like 15 or 16? Right. Well, before that, you know, I don't know that I really applied for it, but um, I got the job of mowing the lawn at my parents' house, which paid, I think it was $10 a week, which I could use to buy things for myself, such as records, which is most likely what I, I bought with my money. But it also, you know, I found ways to enjoy doing it by pretending, being a big baseball fan, that I was mowing the lawn at Angel Stadium. I was mowing the outfield and the and the infield lawn in Angel Stadium, and that was how I got through my uh, my having to mow the lawn every week. But um, <laughs> in doing that, I would think about how I'd want season tickets one day, and how I'd want to be able to bring all my friends to the games and with my tickets, and not charge them for tickets and whatever. And and it was something that I uh, did eventually do. So you know, it really was something that meant something to me doing that that's cool. you, you you clearly uh have an active imagination and you can turn anything into a game as referenced in season one episode one with the pencil baseball right yeah so, you gotta make so, things enjoyable enough or else it's really not fun at all i mean well, I, any, I don't want to yeah any job you have i mean it's miserable if you're miserable oh sure you got to enjoy what you do right Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I I would go around and I had a few people in the neighborhood that would save newspapers in a, in their garage for me to uh, go recycle over at this recycling center. I think it was on Western. Kind I remember of in, that. In Stanton. And you would go – I think you would go with me sometimes. Yeah. We'd, we'd fill up the uh, station wagon with newspapers and you had to put it on that the, – the, the big – device that measured the weight of the car with the newspapers in it. Then they took all of those newspapers out, right? And then they put the car back on and the difference was how much yeah, yeah. money you got or how much newspapers you had. Yeah, there. It was a, yeah like a giant scale. You, you, yeah. yeah, that's what that's what they did. It was, it was kind of elaborate. So, I mean, that was decent spending money, but uh, Did you get to keep that I, money yourself? I think so, since I was the one who went and went to people's houses and, you know, asked for newspapers and a few people uh, did. Did, you, did. Did a few newspapers just end up in your possession without other people knowing that it ended up in your possession? You mean like I just stole them off their driveway without them reading it first? Yeah. No, yeah, I, didn't, that's I, didn't, the I didn't do that. No, I, I usually let people read their paper first, but uh, no, um, and now, does so, that include like a penny saver or something stupid like that that no one cares about? It made a paper. Did we recycle those things or was it just newspapers? Well, there wasn't a lot of recycling going on back then, um, unless you did it the way we're talking about, where you took it to a place. There wasn't two bins, you know, for one for green waste or one for, you know, all that stuff. Um, so I guess if someone, yeah, you could include the penny saver in, in, in that pile. 
for sure. But uh, yeah, you, so, yeah. Did you do cans as well or just newspapers? I'm trying to remember if you guys. Well, there's a story about that, which is, I won't go into super detail, but one of my uncles um, on my mom's side, um, he saved cans for us and he put them in giant bags. And uh, we, I guess my mom would bring them home or he would drop them off like giant bags and they were clear. You could see that they were all beer cans. <laughs> and so we had them. And then um, a couple of our newer neighbors thought that my mom was a massive alcoholic <laughs> because they would see that we had all this, these beer cans, but they were not from my house. They were from my uncle's house um, who enjoyed beer probably a lot to have that many beer cans. Right. But, uh, what not to enjoy? Yeah, but the funny part was is that one one of the brands that he ate drank, sorry, ate drank was I can't remember which one, but it was kind of like a cheaper beer, and we would get they would get rejected at the recycling center because they had like something on the top, like the top part was made out of tin instead of aluminum or something. Like, oh, you can't have those, and I'm like, this is what mostly they are. I, sorry, but anyway, uh, so yeah, I guess we kind of, you know, everybody's got a couple of, I don't know if everybody does, but back then people would have little jobs like that, paper routes, delivering things, maybe like people deliver stuff for realtors, you know, those, like those little pads or something. But yeah, you mentioned the college book company. I think, I, I think that was my first job too. Right. Um, well, I didn't actually mention it on, on air, but yes. Oh, you didn't. Oh, that's right. You mentioned it. Oh, yeah, off air. So, so the college book company. Um, it was a place over there off of Not. Um, just about. I don't across know. Across Pacifica, wasn't it? It was just. It was across the other side of Not, about an eighth of a mile west of Pacifica. Okay. Al- almost to Chapman, where you know Perry's Pizza is. But we'll get into that later. But so I don't know if you mind. Wait, wait. I didn't even know. I, I wasn't the first one there. I think you were the first one to actually get that job, and then I came in later because I don't. I don't even think I applied for it. It was like I know this cool guy Scott. He wants. He'll do it too, or something. Cause I. I just remember working there. Well, I mean, just like I referenced in the last episode, uh, your next door neighbor Darren. Um, you know, he brought me into the madness world um, on ska, but he also, I think, was working at College Book Company. And that's, I think that's how I found out about it. And I think Cheryl, my sister, had some friends that had worked there too. It was kind of like, so I guess to set up what the College Book Company was, it was like, and I think they still must have this, um, but, you know, when you go to college and you go buy your books, you have the opportunity to buy used books. This was the company that basically brokered the buying and selling of used college books. And so they had sales guys. They were called buyers, I think, who would go to like the community colleges and like Long Beach State or Cal State Fullerton or whatever. And they would, you know, have arrangements to buy and sell books. And they all were stored in this warehouse. So <laughs> what is doing really well? Because you they think probably about it, did. the markup is probably huge, right? Well, and and the the buyback, like for me, when I was in college, I got my books. I looked forward to selling my books because I kept the money. I didn't give it back to my parents who had actually bought the books, right. and so any money I got was a profit to me. But as far as the money I got back for these books, it was a third of the price that they were worth, or even less. Like I paid yeah, yeah, two hundred dollars yeah. for this book, and I got it like twenty dollars back for it. I think it was something like that. I think it was kind of a metric of like they would pay you 25% of the cover price, but then they would sell it for like 60% of the cover price. So they would always make money, you know, on each, on each one, you know, but we, we, so we, so back then, and I remember, I don't know why I remember this, like was this 1986 or whatever minimum wage was three thirty-five an hour. And in the summertime, this place was and during Christmas break, this place was filled with mostly Pacifica kids who were working 40 hours a week, eight to five, basically in almost like a sweatshop condition because it's a warehouse in the summertime and you're just basically alphabetizing and sorting books all day long with like a bell that went off for like a break and then a lunch 
And then, um, I don't know, it was, and then you had all these old guys that were like around, like around. And you remember what those guys were like? Um, I remember one of them was a chain smoker. <laughs> yeah. Larry. Larry. Yeah. It was, it's funny because, um, license to ill had just come out. And so we used to sing that song about him smoking 20 packs a day. Yeah, from uh, Larry Phillips, right? Right. Yeah. right to party. You know, Larry Phillips caught yeah. you smoking, and he said, "No way, that hypocrite smokes twenty packs a day." <laughs> but that right. was awesome. It's like they'd be, st- they'd be so. The, not only was the place dusty, obviously, because of all these books, but it also was. Um, it was hot and stuffy, and then you had cigarette smoke on top of it. And these guys would just walk around with the cigarettes just hanging out of their mouths, like chain smoking, like all day long, around all these like sixteen-year-olds. I guess that was the 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 beginning yeah. of that was towards the end of the you can smoke at work era, but we got to we got to live it. <laughs> we got to enjoy it. Um, enjoy but the it. best thing, I mean, the good thing about this job a was it didn't take much to do it. You used to know the alphabet, Brain power. Yeah, 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 yeah. You had to know the alphabet basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's probably a stretch. There was that was probably a stretch for some kids, but yeah. I don't know how accurate you had to be either. I mean, I mean, I don't know if you had to like look. You had to look at each letter of the name of the book and like alphabetize up to five letters in or anything like that. It was just approximately here is where it goes, and they'll find it. Yeah. But the best well, thing about this job. Oh, go ahead. But well, I have fond memories. Well, I have a couple of fond memories too. Um, I'll just tell you one. I think actually Darren worked there while I was working there. But by that point, I think he was working in that section with the conveyor belts and they were packing it. It was kind of more less hard labor. It was kind of more like packaging books up or something. But I remember this one time and this, you know, this is like 86 or whatever it was that inside of a college, a used college book popped out a, a picture of four girls that were clearly like in college or in Vegas or like 20 or 21 um, topless, just sitting, taking almost like the 1986 version of a selfie. And they, you know, they were normal looking girls, but they just happened to have their tops off. And it was kind of like the first time I ever saw like a picture like that. Like, of course, you know, when I was younger, like, you know, I, you know, I, I would see, a, I saw a playboy or something like that, but it was like real people that, had their tops off that just happened to be like, leave this picture inside of a book. It was quite exciting. And um, everybody was like, I don't remember you sharing this. So I, you know, well, I did start there. I think I, I think I did start there before you. So it might've happened right before you got there, but I would say you'd have uh, showed it to me. If you probably would have, I don't think, I think I just held it. I don't think I could get it away. I don't think it was Darren. It was probably, another guy but i remember seeing it going oh i want that but i remember it like it's it's burned into my brain you know when you're 16 years old and you see real girls with their tops off that's pretty cool um what what do you remember that was so cool about the college book company aside from the cool paycheck that mean even 335 you know back then an hour when you add that you know multiply that by 40 that wasn't a bad little paycheck no i don't recall i mean i'm sure i spent on records because that's right. all I ever did. But um, my favorite thing about that job was you could listen to music the whole time you were doing it. So I had my Walkman um, playing music constantly. That's all I did while I did the sorting. So I remember the albums that I really I listened to the most at that time was Gene Love Jezebel's album. Um, I think it might be called Desire. This, that song Desire is on it. Right. But I loved that cassette, and I played it over and over and over again while I was sorting out these books. I think I remember that, which is strange. But I know, yeah, that, that's well, that's it. Kind of passed the time. I don't think I ever did that. Um, I don't know why, but uh, you just did I, think, it in I, think, I, I think we worked in different sections. There was this, there was this section towards the back in the where the books were kind of moving more fast and furious because they were like high demand books. It was called like the gold room or something. And I think you worked. I don't think we worked in the same s- section. Did I don't think, so. I don't remember, but, um, but I remember they had these ladders and stuff. I mean, 
it's pretty precarious. Like, I suppose, I don't know if anybody fell or not, but you had to like climb bookshelves, you know, with right. the ladders that were all over the place. But yeah. Like a library, uh, like the, you know, those people's libraries that you see in the movies, whenever they have the big yeah ladder in there to get to the books that are up higher. I do remember one time um, pulling out of there and, you know, we look, we could talk about cars and vehicles like an, another time. But by this point, I did have that 82 Camaro and it was raining or it had just rained. And I pulled out of that parking lot like a bat out of hell and I hydroplaned and I literally spun like 180 degrees and I was facing the wrong way on not. Um, and so I don't know why that's burned in my brain. I could have probably ended up in someone's backyard or into a pole. So that was a lesson learned. I well, suppose. Sounds traumatic. I would think it would be. Burned it it was scary. But I remember turning with the skid that Mr. Reed at Pacifica always said, turn with the, the, the slide instead of against it. So, I don't know if you remember that little tip. It, I remember it, leave it, yourself you know, in out. Leave, yeah, leave yourself <laughs> in out for sure. That's for and sure. out and out because like if you're parking parallel parking or whatever, make sure you leave space to get out. Don't like that's park not what it, That's not. I don't think that's what that meant. No, it did. Leave, your, leave, leave, leave yourself, yourself in out. And, and okay. out. And out. Oh, okay. Leave yourself and out. Okay, got it. Leave you. Yeah, because we all parallel park so much in in Orange County, right? <laughs> right uh, that was but, one uh, of the hot tips of uh, driver's training. That's the only thing I remembered from driver's training was leave yourself an out. Oh, uh, I I remember actually being sick one day and barfing in class in the classroom, and that was not cool. But that's another I remember story. he was Darth Vader too, wasn't he on Halloween? He was like a really tall yeah. guy. Mr. Reed, yeah, he was yeah, he was a good Darth Vader. He was probably yeah, he was like six two or six three, but he was a big guy. He he pulled it off. He pulled off Darth Vader pretty well, I thought. Right, and, well, I remembered it. So yeah, yeah. exactly, <laughs> totally. But uh, yeah, we both worked it. So I don't know how that job ended. I think it was just like I don't want to go back there. Or right. it was seasonal anyway. So I think it was, it was totally seasonal. Yeah. So maybe yeah. the season ended and then we got other jobs and moved on in our lives. I think some of their I think some of their favorite employees, uh kid employees would work like after school, but I don't think we were part of like, invited to that. Right. Like, I was we never ambitious like, enough to be a favorite. <laughs> of Larry. It, of, yeah, of Larry of the chain smoker. No, I know. I know. But anyway, it was cool. It was it was it was, it was work. But uh, before before we get into the whole Perry thing, I need you to reconstruct something for me, but on, regarding Straw Hat Pizza. And so, before before I ask you, I'll just tell people there was a in our in our little West Garden Grove community, there was basically I think three sit down places you could eat pizza: is Perry's Pizza, Augustino's Pizza, and Straw Hat. And Straw Hat was over by between TG and Y and Vaughn's, and we. I remember it this way. We both applied on the same day. We both got hired, but then what happened? And then you never showed up to work. I, so, I showed up to work and you never did. So I, and we haven't talked about this audience. We have not talked about this um, probably in 30 some years. If I remember correctly, you told me that, on your first day, they go, where's your friend? And you're like, I don't know. <laughs> Do you remember that conversation? Yeah, I, mean, I, I remember you just not showing. I mean, I remember them wondering where you were and you not showing up. And what am I going to do about it? Yeah. I think they, they were happy I think they, for sure. I think, they, I think they called my house and said, I'm sure they, go, did. They, they weren't happy. <laughs> well, I, how long did you end up working there and what did you do there? Um, I didn't work there that long. I I think I made pizzas or something. Really? I don't think I, I don't think I dealt with the public. Uh, well, maybe I started off in the salads. <laughs> salad? Was there a salad bar or something? <laughs> and I'm sure I cleaned up. You know, people left. Right. You know, I had to clean up around their thing, and maybe I had to fix that crappy TV game thing that would would had the color was off and it was crappy. I'm sure that thing broke down every second. Do you remember that you thing? The, 
the shoot, the skeet shooting thing. Yeah, it had it had one giant button on a box, and you had to push it at the right point when like the skeet was coming across. Yeah, and I think all the colors were messed up, and that it was like one of those TVs with the three different colored projectors. Oh yeah, projector things. <laughs> it was probably like an. I mean, all those early video games uh, are like derivatives of Pong, basically in terms of like I think their technology, but. Um, yeah, I remember, and you know, we could talk. I probably have a whole episode about vi- video games, but we're not going to do that now. But Straw Hat did was like one of the earliest places that had semblance of video games. Um, and I remember when I was a little kid, like when I didn't have any money, like my mom might have given me a, like a dollar, and that was it. And then I kind of pretended to play on the demo. Do you remember p- pretending to play on demos? Uh, yeah. Yeah, and they had Charlie Horse there. Remember Charlie Horse? Yes, yes. That that coin operated horse. That um, but anyway, I, I, do you do you remember any anything outstanding about actually working at Straw Hat? No, but I do remember it was the first kind of job that I had where I could actually run into somebody I know visiting, meaning like their family would come in to get pizza, and all of a sudden, like. Here I am in the spotlight of being an employee at this place. Right, right, right. Well, I, I think, um, my, I don't, I, I don't think I didn't show up because I had another job lined up. I think I just was in a, I was being a punk and I just didn't show up and I didn't want to work there for some reason. Which is funny because I think I convinced you to go with me initially anyway. But yeah, I think you did, yes. <laughs> but I got this job at this place called. Um, it was a fast food place called Crystal Castle, and it was a knockoff of White Castle from the East Coast, where they had these little teeny burgers that people like on the East Coast, and people out here were like, "Oh, it's just like White Castle and stuff." But the the funny reason, like the reason I got that job, which is kind of a funny story too, is my mother um, was trying to find an, an investment for some money. Um, and that she had, and she was really big in, um, you know, Christian church and she was really committed to finding a business that was a Christian business. And it's not that big part of the story, but that's what drove her there. So she had taught, asked around in sort of the, the Baptist community or whatever, and they found out that there was this company and then they had one store on Brookhurst that was already there and then they were going to like franchise and so she had like five percent of this company and then some franchisee opened this one over by Mile Square Park in Fountain Valley which was a pretty far drive for like a job when you're like 16 but I worked there for a while and um it also, I only, I mean, back then, you know, if you worked somewhere for four or five months, it seemed like a long time, but you know, like, you know, now, but like, I only worked for like five or six months or something, but I got fired actually. <laughs> I got fired, but it was a really stupid thing. Like there was a kid who got accused of stealing money from the, the register was short one night and I happened to be working that night. And so everybody that worked that night got a lie detector test like and you, I had to go to this place somewhere like in Huntington Beach and actually take a lie detector test and then um I I think the schedules for working came out like on Thursday nights or something and this would probably relate to another episode but that night you and I waited in line all night long for Depeche Mode tickets or some concert tickets I didn't check the schedule that night I didn't show up the the next night to work and I called the next day for my schedule or something like that. And they go, well, you're fired. I go, why? And he's like, I, I go, I didn't steal the money. He's like, no, you didn't show up to work last night. And I go, Oh, he's like, and by the way, you didn't do that great on your lie detector test, but Tim, some guy named Tim, he, he broke down in tears during his lie detector test and admitted it. So that was a weird thing. So I got fired from a comp from a franchisee of a company my mom owned part of, which, but it was a it was an okay job for I don't know. Do you remember me when I worked there? I do, I just remember your mom investing in it. I do remember that. It was not a good idea. 
I think they ended up getting they weren't and they think they ended up getting sued by White Castle actually or or they might have gotten sued by another company that had nothing to do with this model of in Texas called Crystal Castle that just found out that some company in California was using their name or or had the same name then they changed the name to Coastal Castle which was um whatever but i it just went out of business i mean it was just not a good concept and it whatever it, it fell apart no no big deal but um and then i think i when i i might have got a job at Perry's Perry's pizza now for those who are unaware um you know Perry's pizza was in my opinion you know every community might have like sort of the place you go when you're like in high school or the teams go a lot to or whatever and it's, Perry's was definitely like one of those places don't you think yeah definitely that was like the after sports place to go like you know your soccer team i mean you i guess you go to straw hat too but you yeah, know this last day of the season you go to your pizza party you go to Perry's pizza yeah, especially if you had games over there at that old Chapman Junior High place. Right across that, the street from it. Like, yeah, it was right across the street and stuff. But I think more than that, it was kind of like a cool place. Like, because at the time, the original Perry, I don't know if you know this or not, but he actually showed up a couple times at, 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 at the store and he was super old. And John, the owner of that store, had you know, started a franchise years earlier across the street from Pacifica, but then Market Basket Shopping Center got redeveloped into housing. And then there was about a year and a half, two years period where there was no Perry's Pizza. And then they ended up over there where they are now and still are. But Perry had these little Perry's Pizzas on beaches throughout Southern California. And there was like one in Newport. There was like one in Hermosa, Redondo. And even like the pizzas were called the Hermosa or the Redondo. I don't know if you remember that or not, but not um, ever, I ever, the only one I ever remember was one in Huntington beach. And that was a building. It wasn't, it was way off away from the beach. That's still there, by the way, it's on Edwards and Edinger, but there was one, there was little stores. There was one in seal beach too. Like, a, like the kind you like walk up like near a pier and you order from a window. And there anyway, but Perry's was kind of like cool. And um, I didn't, I don't remember how I got the job there, but, um, I was a cook and you got hired just a few months later. You worked the ca- cash register, right? Um, I did work the cash register, but I mean, can you, do you really consider yourself a cook? Well, I mean, I put or the pizzas pizza in maker. the oven and I, I didn't make it. Okay. So yeah, because, well, I don't want to get into the whole process, but yeah, I had nothing to do with like the dough or the sauce or whatever. Like, that was all prepped in the morning by, guys that were like um you know most of them were um undocumented immigrants who would work there all day long and then they worked really they worked, hard they worked really hard and they also worked like at coco's i think as cooks at night and but sometimes those guys they were super funny and but a couple of those guys i remember this one guy arturo i think he got deported like twice and then like he'd just be gone and then all of a sudden he'd be back like I don't know if you remember those guys. I do. I remember him. He was he was a, he was a really good worker. He was like they I all know. Were. Yeah, they were all <laughs> were, but some of them were a little goofier than others. You mean like Luis? Yeah, I mean Arturo was very serious about everything. You know, he. he Anofre was, was an Anofre. Oh, Anofre. That's super, what I'm thinking of. That's what I'm thinking, I'm thinking of. Anofre. I think Anofre, he worked there yeah. up until like five years ago. I'm not kidding. I went in there once. Right. No, I he was him. dedicated. Yeah. But, you know, that place was funny because, you know, we'd you'd start to see all these regulars and stuff that would come in, like, and they would have, like, the Wednesday night spaghetti night. And the same people would come in. And I remember this really old guy that was really demanding about how hot his pizza, his uh, spaghetti needed to be. You remember, like, he would make people – he would order it and then say, you you got to nuke it too. You remember that guy? Now, I don't remember that, but I remember going back to this cook thing. All it was yeah. was like spaghetti in a, like a, a bag. You take it out of the bag and put it in water. 
It was like a deep fryer. Or whatever, and then take it out again. It was, it, 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 it was super it was hot water. It was yeah, it was super hot water. But, they, but it had baskets, like a fry basket almost. Right. Like it dropped into the water, and you just, yeah, dump it out. I mean, I don't think it was probably that good, but all but on Wednesdays, it was all-you-can-eat spaghetti. Like he would just like go there and chow down, you know, and – I remember hearing once that the owner thought that the uh, it wasn't making him any money, but he still kept doing it because it was like a tradition or whatever. But you know, I in terms of things you hear about kids or whatever doing gross things at restaurants and stuff, I I actually witnessed one where there was a couple guys. I think they were from a different high school or something that were just really belligerent one day. And they came back another time, and then one of the shift leaders, right right before I put the pizza in the oven, said, hey, give me that for a second. He walked around the back with the pan, because this was like pan pizza, did a huge, like, loogie spit on the pizza, and he goes, now you can put it in the oven. That's pretty classy. Right. That's yeah, yeah. That was that was pretty. But you know, but in no way I, do they do that on a regular basis at Perry's Pizza. I would suggest going there and enjoying their pizza regularly. No, that, no, no, no. I know, no, no. That was just a long time ago, and I think they probably deserved it. Actually, I mean, I, I'm not sure if anybody really deserves it, but but I, what I can't remember, and you, you're going to have to refresh my memory is, so there was this time period where they were doing Employee of the Month, and I think it got you like a sign or like a credit, like you could have a tab of like 30 bucks over the month. You got awarded employee of the month. I don't know what you did to deserve it, frankly, but you didn't really want it. Well, you remember that? Yeah, but we got to go. I mean, there's stuff I have to explain before we can really get into that. And this being, you know, uh, this was a hard job for me because of the fact that I did run the uh, cash register. And so I'd have to deal with the people that came in, not that they were rude or anything like that. But I was a very shy person. But when you think about shy, normally, you know, people are shy. I have and had what's called social anxiety disorder, where I really didn't like being the center of attention, not like anybody does. But it would really freak me out. Um, and so when, especially when like a pretty girl would come in to order that I knew, whatever, I was shaking and I it was hard to like even do my job because I was so anxious. Yeah, you, you had anxiety. Oh, I, okay, go right. on. I, I, and I, so I don't like, so I didn't like being the center of attention. I don't want anybody look, you know, having to be the one person talking especially when it was something, a situation, especially like that. Um, so it was really hard for me. So when I got employee of the month and there was this big sign for everybody that walked in to see that I was employee of the month, and it was it was like a written sign, I think it was, but it was big. It was at least like three feet wide and two feet <laughs> tall or something. It was gigantic. Yeah. It um, was. I wasn't, Fondy of the idea of drawing more attention to myself. And so I got rid of it. Right. Well, guess who showed up to work after you did that and then was accused of doing that? Me. Because the manager, I think I made some noise. Like, why did he get it? Like a couple, like a day earlier, like, why did he get it when I, when I'm kicking ass here or whatever, even though you're my friend and it, and he, so he he suspected that I had retribution against it. And he, and then, then you walked in. I remember this like it was yesterday. You walked in the back while Dane is yelling at me, the manager. And you're like, no, I did it. And then he looked shocked. And then he did, did you get punished it? In any way, like did he I think do I did. Yeah, I think I suspended or something <laughs> like that. But I was such a good employee; he could not have me back. Oh yeah, no, it was sure. a, it was it was a really hard job for me. I I remember, especially you know, if someone, a pretty girl from school or whatever, came in. I mean, that's why. Bad. I mean, I was I was friends with a lot of people at school, and I was always I got along with everybody or whatever. But right. I wasn't like. 
dating a bunch of people or whatever because it, it was I was too I could never do that. It was too much of a thing for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I know you, you, there were certain guys who were just super comfortable in their own skin. I wasn't one of them either. I probably got lucky by you know even though it wasn't that far and it was an open kitchen, you could see the whole front area. But I if if somebody made me feel insecure or somebody that was super popular came in like. I don't know, some girl or whatever from my grade, I could safely just be in the back. You were like right there at the register, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah, so that's true. But it was a pretty fun job. I actually worked there twice. Um, I left it once and then I came back towards the end of like, I don't know, maybe it was even as late as 1990. But it's funny because, you know, I've had a lot of jobs over the years in my profession or whatever else you want to call it. But I, I fondly remember working there. It was kind of like a cool place. And there was that time period where the manager allowed us to like run tabs. Remember that? And so if somebody came in that was like a friend or like, remember my girlfriend, like my senior girlfriend, Monica, or her friend, Shara, or whatever would come in, I would just put it on my tab. Like I'm making like three day, $3.70 an hour. Like I'm some big baller. And then- Dane would deduct from our paycheck what was owed on the tab. Do you remember that? Um, I don't think I ever used my tab. It's probably smart. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure it existed. But I'm I sure would be, Dane was on it. I like where, where's my uh, where, like where's my paycheck? He's like you ran up a huge tab. But the the one of the coolest parts of working there was the dough that was prepped in the morning had to be used that day. And it wasn't like we were cheating or anything. And it was very common where if you had a closing shift and there was dough left over, that that people would just make a pizza to take home. And I would I would drop pizzas off at especially Sean's house at like ten thirty or eleven at night frequently. Do you remember that taking home pizza? I don't remember that either. I do maybe remember it's because of, maybe it's because I was in the in the kitchen. I could just I had control over it, you know. Maybe I do remember that uh, they had their special, like slice special, two slices and a salad, Tuesdays or something like that. Or no, it was a whole pizza. Whatever, whatever it was, you that you would regularly go to. Like you take me, you grab money out of your mom's wallet, and like we're going to Paris Pizza. It's whatever <laughs> night where you got like well, a yeah, deal. Well, what we and that, I think this was before we worked there. Maybe it was both but i remember distinctly that a medium pizza which is basically a half of a large six slices was like 550 and we would split it right. and if you're the and you, the funny thing is you're the first person who um because you know i was always so picky with food that could be a whole nother conversation but uh, you would put the pepper and the cheese on it and i'm like why are you doing that and then at one point i finally just dove in and tried it and I don't know. I can attribute. Th- I can thank you. I love p- Parmesan cheese and red pepper flakes. You were big on that, right? Well, I could, you can thank me for flaming Mignon, I think, too, or something like that at Knott's Berry Farm in their restaurant. <laughs> I, I think I, I could I mean, probably do that. Like that. I'm like, wow, this is fantastic. But yeah, you were. I mean, your eating habits weren't the greatest. We'll get to that. Have to get to that some other time. <laughs> but your true. eating habits were not the greatest. I mean, not many people had. Carl's Jr. fries as a meal for dinner. Well, or, well, geez, now that you mentioned that, I can't, we can't, that could be another episode food, I guess. But that Carl's Jr., those Carl's Jr. crinkle cut fries before they changed them. They were really were, good. They were the best. And they were like or biscuits. Little... You'd have biscuits for dinner. Six biscuits. Oh, I used, yeah. Just that give me starch. <laughs> I was on a pure starch diet, I think, back back then. And like a whole roll of cinnamon rolls in the morning, Pillsbury cinnamon rolls in the morning. I couldn't gain any weight no matter what I ate. So it didn't matter. But um, okay. So see, I told you, I told you, man, this was going to go quick. We're already at 40 minutes. We have to, we have to touch on your probably biggest job in some ways from a, from a prestige, well, not prestige, but Knott's Berry Farm. How did yes. you end up at Knott's? Um, they had some sort of like hiring bonanza. Like a job fair or something? Yeah, job fair. The hiring bonanza, job fair, you know, they're, they're Same thing, yeah. Hiring yeah. bonanza. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they was called that because it was a cowboy theme. 
hiring <laughs> bonanza not very far but they okay, had like they a, a, a big hiring there. thing so i went in there and uh and applied and i got a job um working in the uh barbecue place that um but the fireman's, you know, bar- the fireman's barbecue, fireman's barbecue. But in, I took in, my very first in, in Ghost Town, right? I, yeah, I think it was yeah. a new area, though. I think no, it was or well, it was they just built a new area where the water park or the water. Oh, park was. oh, yeah, right so that. that's true. The, the the Bigfoot Rapids area, right? But it was so still, but it was still it, because of that. Maybe because there was more traffic going through. Right. Yeah, but it's def- it was definitely an old te- in Ghost Town proper. It was like right across the street from that schoolhouse and all that right. stuff right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And what what did you do there? Um, I cooked. Why? Well, like, I, just like you, I didn't really cook anything. I just took meat that was already ready to go and put it on the barbecue to heat it up to, to people to give people and bread. They they had this pre made bread. That you'd put on the barbecue and cook it too, but I'm gonna tell you, say something here. I got yeah. this job, and the first thing I did with my first paycheck was go to Sears. I think it was Sears, and I bought myself a Nintendo with a basketball, the basketball game, and Commando. And that was the very first thing I did with the check that I got. You bought, so, you bought, you bought a, the, the Nintendo Entertainment System, the first one. Yes. Yeah, uh, that was that was a lot. That was probably like. Almost two hundred bucks back then, or something. It, yeah, it was, it, it was it was expensive. A lot of money. Yeah, I took my whole first check and I bought myself a Nintendo. So that was sort of my gift to myself for getting this job, and it was one of the reasons why I wanted it, the job to begin with was to be able to buy myself a Nintendo. So that was a significant reason for getting the job to begin with. But to buy things. I to buy <laughs> to buy my well no to get myself a Nintendo specifically. Yeah, sure. Okay, got um, it. But yeah, so I worked to heating up food. I'm, you know, the funny story, as you well know, of Wally Joyner coming in and his wife getting all sassy because everyone was excited to see Wally Joyner. And she was like, let him just be a human being and enjoy his family time. Right. And, like, and oh, so for those, for, those, for those of you who don't know, Wally Joyner was a California angel uh, whose rookie year was in, I think, 86 or 7, I, seven, I think. 86. I think it was 86. Yeah, maybe 86. And he hit 18 home runs in the first half, and then pitchers figured him out, and he hit three home runs in the second half of the season. So, he, But it was he was a big deal for a while there. Um, his career kind of flamed out um, pretty quick compared to the promise that he had. But, yeah, at the time, he was a, like walking on water around – you know, Orange County probably, and his wife didn't want any fans to bother him, right? <laughs> yeah. Did she ch- did she chastise you or something? Uh, it wasn't me specifically, no. But um, yeah, she was really upset that people cared that he was there. I was like, well, yeah. then why'd well, you come I, here? Well, I remember a couple incidents. Um, one incident was that you got you were working in a freezer all day, and then. Um, your, did your arm get stuck to the door? Like it was so, or did you pass no. out or something? My arm it was so hot. You know, I, yeah, I licked my arm and then it got stuck to the door. No, I didn't. My arm didn't get stuck to the door. I don't well, even know you how did, that even could come to your head. But you, well, yeah, you definitely you, got stuck to the door. Yes, well, maybe you, I know what you're talking you, about. I'll get, I'll get to what it happened for reals. But yeah. I'm very surprised by the idea that you thought my my arm got stuck to the door. Um. Well, once <laughs> I worked it for long enough, I um, I graduated from working in the barbecue place to working pretty much throughout the whole Ghost Town area as the person who would count cups, oh. like and count cheese, uh, not or churros, or count uh, chip witches that you would uh-huh. sell, or whatever. So I was in charge of making sure that okay, you got twenty five cups here, you got twenty chip witches with. I, after you're done, I can count them again. You've sold seven chipwitches. I better have 13 chipwitches to put back in the freezer at the end of the day or whatever sort of thing. Right. So it's over an inventory guy. So yeah. I would spend time in the freezer counting the chipwitches. And so having done that for a while and gone outside to 
one of those places that you know sold them. It wasn't like an actual like, building. Like the, it, no, like it, wasn't, the it, was, it was like a little outside thing where you, they sold the ice cream and maybe churros or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was there, I ended up fainting or passing out from going from extreme cold to extreme heat. So that's right. what happened. My, my arm did not get stuck to anything. Pretty fine, fine, fine. <laughs> do, do you want to talk about... We'll get to the other thing too in a second, but <laughs> working at Knott's Berry Farm, um, it has a lot of great memories because I, you know, it was, I really met new people and right. made some new friends and, and you can get in after you, uh, when you weren't working in Knott's Berry Farm for free. So, you know, we spent a lot of time just hanging out in Knott's Berry Farm together and having fun. Could you, and could you, could you sign somebody in every day or did you... Have anything- I think your sister had that kind of power. My sister definitely did. She worked at the main gate and the guest relations, and she'd been she worked there all through college. And yeah, so when we were in high school, she was working there, and I think she could just let let it, let us in. And it was actually wasn't like she was cheating or anything. She had those like the seniority to do that. And so yeah, and so it's probably worthy of another episode to talk about knots in Disneyland. In well, non job sense, but we were right, very I mean, we were very comfortable at Knott's Berry Farm. We knew it yeah, we knew our way around. <laughs> that's true. Just like Disneyland. I know I can mm-hmm. I don't need a map to get around Disneyland. But I also met the only girl I really dated during a high school time at Knott's Berry Farm. What was her name? Her name was Christine. That's right. And she went Franco. to Western and she went to Western. She went to Western. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But even then worked- I was so yeah. shy. I was I, I really screwed it up she was like tiny like she yeah was she like, was she's probably like 90 pounds and like five one or something or yeah but she was yeah she was cool and she had a she had a blonde friend so you're right and i'm glad you brought that up because i think in one of the earlier episodes i referenced how um you know our world was sort of this pacifica west garden grove thing and jobs like that kind of like introduced us to people like at other high schools you know like we wouldn't have known them if it wasn't for jobs, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I worked at Disneyland, um, but I, and it sounds really cool and everything, but I really didn't have a great experience, and I'll tell you why. It was, so I applied, and I really didn't have, like, a burning desire to, like, be a certain kind of employee, like, rides or whatever, but I was sold on the fact that um, – that if you worked in food service, you would make more money, which was true because I think minimum wage at the time was like three seventy five or something like that. And like if you worked rides starting, you would get like four twenty five. But if you worked food, you would get like five twenty five. And I was told that I was going to work at the Tahitian Terrace, which later became Aladdin's Oasis um, dinner theater thing. And I was told that I would be a bus boy, which I'd get a cut of the tips because it was an actual sit down, you know, waitress service place. There was only about three or four of those in Disneyland anyway. So when I, I get, I get, I get through the whole process. I have to go to Disneyland university where they teach you how to like count cash or whatever else. And I'm, you know, I, I go to the uniform place, uh, wardrobe, they call it. Everything's like named after like, you know, backstage and Disney, you know, all that. You know, production. I get my Hawaiian shirt thing, uniform, white pants, and I go there. And the first thing is, oh, they did it to you too. I go, what do you mean? They go, you're a white dude. You'll never step foot in that restaurant. All the guys who um, are bus boys are Asian. I go, they go, well, what am I going to do then? They're like, you're going to wash dishes. And so I had this f- job where it was like. You just are constantly washing dishes. And when the dinner show ended, the dishes would flood in. It was fairly miserable job, to be honest with you. It was actually really hard, and the people weren't that fun and cool. And so I started working at Perry's at the same time, I think. And then I eventually quit Disneyland and just worked at only Perry's. So I, I know a lot of people, and you know them too, that have a really good memories of working at Disneyland, but my job kind of sucked and I didn't really like it that much. Oh, well, big deal. But we both worked right. at Knott's Disney. Right. Well, here's the thing. Okay. Our time's coming to an end. So I'm going to give you what you've been waiting for. This is what you've been waiting for. 
you've been trying to get me to talk about, and I'm going to do it right now. So, <laughs> as being that person who uh, brought things to the different places around Knott's Berry Farm, there was another place that was closer to that schoolhouse that we sold stuff in. Um, I can't remember exactly what they sold in there. I do have a big scar on my back from there because one time I was picking something up from the ground, something like that, and I stood up into this metal table and it cut my back really good. And I still think it hurts sometimes if I press right where it was. But um, so one day it was closed and I was in there for whatever reason. And I decided to help myself to a piece of beef jerky. Just then... The supervisor lady came by and she's like, what's in your mouth? And I was going to play it off like it was a piece of ice. And I was like, whatever, it's a piece of beef jerky. And so she had to write me up for it. And in doing so, she fired me. And she's like, I really, I wish I didn't have to do this because you're like such a great employee. And I really would like you to keep working here, but I have to have to do this so whatever it's like you really don't have to you could probably get away with not doing that but she uh <laughs> she fired me for eating a piece of beef jerky which i mean i'm sure is the right thing to do is it really this is the i don't know that that one piece of beef jerky really meant anything to anyone at not farm that well they you know, probably meant four bucks or something like that. I don't think it was that much. I like two something. I, don't, I mean, nobody knew. It wasn't like it was word on the street. I had eaten a piece of beef jerky, and she had to do it or whatever. It was like she knew, and I knew. And she could have just said, "Don't do it again," but she was so by the books that she fired me, which is fine. I mean, I didn't. I didn't cry. Yeah, I remember that. It's kind of a. It's kind of a bummer. A way to a crappy way to go because. As I said, I mean, there, when you work in food service and stuff, I mean, there's a lot of opportunities to eat. And oh, that was the bad. first thing I ate either. I mean, people would eat chip witches all the time. And I've had, I maybe had a chip witch in the freezer. But I mean, everybody, <laughs> I mean, everybody was doing it. Um, it wasn't that uncommon. So it wasn't the, the biggest thing I've ever, I mean, I've eaten something more valuable, like a chip witch. Um, so I guess I got, it was for all the things I had done that I got fired, even though it was for the beef jerky. Um, it wasn't necessarily, I mean, people did it. Right. Right. No, I know people do it all the time. It's not the end of the world, but that sucks since you were such a good employee. She was so upset. She was like, oh, this is like the worst thing I have to do. I wish I didn't have to do this. Like this whole spiel. Like, well, then don't. <laughs> right. Well, but we, we could probably wrap it up. But in, in sort of a lightning round, I'm just going to say, I mean, between the, those, those are the big jobs. College Book Company, Perry's Pizza, and Disneyland for me. And it was probably College Company, Perry's Pizza, and Knott's Berry Farm for you. But I... I, I do. I will. I will lightning around a couple more jobs I have, but we're not going to get into detail. But but we can sprinkle in some. There's some classic moments at a couple of these other jobs. Um, so after high school, but before the '80s ended, I worked at Rogers Cable Systems, the, the cable company, as a police cop, basically looking for people stealing cable. And I've got a lot of cool stories about that. I also worked at at UPS as a truck loader for a Christmas season, which was backbreaking labor. And there was two funny things that happened there. And I'll just tell them real quick. Everybody kept saying to me, are you Ernie's brother? Are you Ernie's brother? Are you Ernie? I'm like, it was like five guys on my first day. I'm like, no, I don't have a brother. And like my second day, they finally like walked me over to the other part of the distribution facility. I walked right up to a guy. And back then I was super lean. I mean, I was like under 200 pounds. I was probably like 185 and you know, I'm six two, but like the, um, you know, I haven't even come close to that ever since. But anyway, so I walked up to this guy and it was like a 225 pound, pound version of myself, which I would later become, of course. Um, and it was like looking in a mirror. That was really weird. And the other job, you know, with, and, oh, the other thing about that job was like my graphic equalizer got stolen out of my car 
at that place. What other sort of like lightning round jobs did you have after knots? Did I you know come you were- to you now and say, "Are you Ernie?" No, <laughs> but you, but you, but you were you worked at Target, I think, in Garden Grove too, right? I did work in Target. You're right. I, I tried to block that out. Um, <laughs> I, I did work at Target, and back then, like now, they have shirts. People wear red shirts. Say Target. Back then, you had to wear a tie and a dress shirt when you worked at Target. That was a, what was called a zoner, which didn't mean you zoned down, did nothing, which is what I did probably. Um, you would like people take things from one aisle and then leave it in another aisle or don't decide to uh, buy it. And you had to like put it back, back to where it belonged. And, um, yeah. but I always made sure I worked in the automotive section so that I could have control of the radio. And so I would put it on K rock and blast it throughout target. And then stupid people that would come in there and change the radio station. I get mad at them and go back and fix what they're wrong and put it back on K rock. That was the only thing. The only thing I got out of that job was listening to the music on the radio when uh, I was working. But other than that, it was the worst job in the world. I definitely tried to block that out. Um, in college, I worked in the uh, the bookstore, of all places, but in at the, the copy center. At college, yeah. Because my cousin who's not really my cousin, but is like my cousin. Um, she was a manager there. So I got that job there and I worked pretty much throughout college in the bookstore, which was fun. Um, you know, it was another one of those hard jobs where I had to like deal with people that, you know, I didn't really feel that comfortable dealing with certain, you know, people maybe that I found attractive or whatever, you know, I get nervous and whatnot. So it was hard at times, but I always powered myself through those situations when I had to, um, but yeah, so I worked in in the bookstore. But you know, before we went on air, I talked for a second about other jobs that I remembered that like my sister had or something. And um, for all those people, I'll tell you a real quick funny story. Um, my sister worked at Marie Callender's, which was over by Old World, over in based in Rossmore. No, it's in oh. Rossmore. Oh, by Leisure World. By Leisure World. That's what I meant. I say Old World. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I'm in Leisure World. Sorry. Yeah everybody mm-hmm. leisure world yeah. and yeah. so a lot of old people would go in there but i used to love to go in there because she would make me these huge floats that were gigantic and wonderful i think mm-hmm. coke floats because i didn't like root beer but she, they would give her she would get her tips and so she would get changed with her tips mm-hmm. and so she had this big jar in her room full of change and i thought you know what i'm gonna do her a favor because these stupid old people they don't tip well. They just threw the change on the table, and she doesn't want this change. So I would go take quarters out of it, and I'd buy records with the money that hmm. she would get from these tips. And one day, she was going to Hawaii, and she cashed out all that change. And mm-hmm. she was furious because she couldn't realize where all this money went. She's like, I should have so much more money in this jar than I did. And she blamed my brother, and I didn't tell her. She knows now. But at the time, he had already moved out of the house, so I didn't like. I'll let him you're, you're take like, the fall for this. But I took the money and I bought records, and I still had those records forever until someone who remained. We don't know exactly what happened to them, but they disappeared out of my parents' garage at some point, yeah. which is really sad. Good but up point. until then, I had those records well, well, well into my twenties and thirties. Mm-hmm. So I think I got more value out of that money than she would have in Hawaii spending it on my ties. That's the first place I ever tried soup. Was that Marie uh, Callender's? Yeah. Uh, potato cheese soup. This girl, Jennifer, um, forced me to, when she, when she learned that I had never even tried soup in my life, she said, this isn't like real soup. So you'll like it because you like potatoes mm-hmm. and you like cheese, but all right, man. Well, we, we, that, yeah, we we can um, we can talk a whole episode probably about Rossmore and but let's just leave it here. All right, All right. Yeah, Calendar's gone now. Is it? Yeah, sad. Well, most of them are. Well, Coco's is gone them. now too. Yeah, the I Coco's and the Coco's West Garden Grove's gone. Yeah, it's been gone on Valley for a while now. Yeah, is it, is it, is the sign still up? The building's still there. I don't think anything's in it. I know that. I think the sign but, was still up. Maybe, but it's been closed for a while. My daughter made me take her to that Dairy Queen um, 
Oh, that Dairy Queen is the uh, the ghetto of Dairy Queens, I think. Uh, what's the standard? I mean, they're all kind. Well, of- I mean, the the people that work there seem like they're a little maybe a little sketchy. Yeah, I mean, they they lack teeth sometimes. Criminal records, maybe. All yeah, that. I don't know what it is. I mean, it's a nice area, but for some reason, that Dairy Queen, the employees, mm. when I've gone in there, have seemed a little sketchy. But that's yeah. all. Okay, fair here, enough. Neither here nor there, right? All right, man. It's been an, it's it's an good hour. good talking to you again. Yeah. All right. yeah so, see you Until next week. Until next week. All right. Yeah. Take care. Thank Bye. you, everybody, for Bye. listening. Bye. Yep. Bye. Brought by Tree Top Studio in combination with Scott Martinez and Production.